You're listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. My name is Peyton. I'm Joe. Thank you for joining us on our path to cinematic enlightenment. Welcome back to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. We are rapidly approaching Oscar nomination morning. It is coming up in just a couple of days, Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. That's a Tuesday the 24th. Yeah. So we're, we're like nearly there. Uh, so this it's episode, time. we're kind of, uh, we get one last shot to predict what's going to happen. Logged it all. We're basically reporting it here in podcast form. So that way we have some accountability. You know, we can't say, oh man, we, we guessed them all 100% right, because there's a public record of our predictions. I've also logged mine into Gold Derby, so that way I can kind of change them up until the actual Oscar morning, and then it'll just spit out and tell me how many I got right, which is really cool. So, we're excited. Uh, what, are you, what, what are you looking forward to most? Before we dive into this, Joe, what are, what are you looking forward to most Oscar morning? Is there, because we're going to talk about all these nominations, but... Is there anything that you're kind of holding out hope for, or maybe you're not even predicting it, but something that if it happened Oscar morning, like Oscar nomination morning, you would just be off, like, like off the walls, like to the moon thrilled. I think the biggest thing for me is that I think the movie is going to do pretty decent, but like in terms of the hype for it before its release, it's going to be like disappointing, like. The movie I'm talking about is Babylon. Yeah, I figured, like, yeah. Margot Robbie was, like, everybody, like, after, like, the screeners for that movie were, like, oh, my goodness, she is, like, a lock to, like, win. The award is hers. Like, mm-hmm. everybody couldn't stop talking about Margot Robbie, and now it's, spoilers, I'm not predicting her to be in the Best Actress 5. Like, if she shows up, deservedly so, like, I think she is one of the five best performances this year from a leading actress, mm-hmm. but not predicting it, the other awards, like, precursors just haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, I don't think he's going to show up. That Best Supporting Actor category's gotten a little bit crowded, and I just think he's going to be left out. I mean, we, I, it's not going through all of it, so it's not as big of a spoiler, but like Babylon, I have it like just barely squeaking into Best Picture, but it's getting much more of like a Nightmare Alley type treatment. Oh, for sure, yeah. Picking up technical awards, and it's like the front runner in some technical awards, and mm-hmm. like that's its merit to like sneak in legitimately is like the 10. <laughs> yeah, it's I agree. And I agree. going into the year, like the next film from Damien Chazelle, where like his name's not even in the conversation of director. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is his follow up to La La Land. It's just like, it's disappointing in the sense, but for like, it's like award recognition, but also like, I absolutely love the movie. So it, it is what it is. If there's some alternate reality where we wake up on Tuesday morning and Babylon somehow like overperforms. I don't think it's going to overperform where like Chazelle's just going to like randomly get a director nomination. Like mm-hmm. that's just legitimately not happening. But like if Margot Robbie like sneaks in and like the Academy shows it a little bit more love than other places have. Cool. That's like a fun little pipe dream for me. Yeah, that would be a, that that'd make for a very interesting and exciting morning. I think it would also just it would throw a wrench into everything that everyone's predicting because. Oh, yeah, it's just you start subbing in some of those, you know, Babylon picks and you're like, all right, now what's, what's missing. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of hoping part of me really wants to get, you know, a hundred percent correct, you know, just to like be absolutely goaded. 
but realistically that's not possible. So I kind of want there to be some like fun little upsets. Like I think there, there's going to be some snubs. There always there's always a snub or two that are very surprising on nomination morning. I think last year the biggest snub was probably Villeneuve. That was probably the one that because we watched the nominations yeah, that together, was nuts. and that, that was, was the nuts. one where as soon as we realized he missed, kind of lost our minds. And then you know there's always the nomination that you're really wanting. And when you get it, you're like thrilled. So that was like me with Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and her name was called. Because like, yeah, you like yeah, you like so hyped. Like you predict Kristen Stewart because like yeah, it like still made sense to predict her, but mm. there was just like the lingering thought. Yeah, they really could just not give it to her. Yeah, and then finally having like the sense of relief that like yes, the thing you've been rooting for is there. Yeah, I was I was excited. It. Do you, do you have any pipe do you have any pipe dreams for this year something like way out there that you think maybe has like a small slimmer like sliver of hope something that could just that could just sneak in i don't know if it's something that is like a sliver of hope maybe that, something you like have on the outside that like you would want to be in that you think there like is a chance but would still be like kind of surprising I know you have your rankings down to like six or seven where you have like your outside stuff yeah. listed. So I figured this would be an easier thing for you to answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through. So I think one that I, this is, okay, so this is this is probably a little bit of recency bias, but I finally had the opportunity to watch After Sun. And After Sun getting into, this, it wasn't totally like on my radar for like original screenplay, but if After Sun got into original screenplay, which it's really I just don't think it's going to happen because it it wasn't really recognized there at BAFTAs. So, I mean, we'll get into it. It's kind of like they've gone with like the four like best picture like movies. And then, I mean, Triangle of Sadness might be a best picture movie, but Triangle of Sadness kind of is kind of the like fifth slot where Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, here's a, a screenplay nomination for like a little indie movie. Yeah. So I and like that's the spot after Sun would take and like it's just not as strong. I agree. So that's where After Sun, though, really great screenplay. Would love to see it there. We also have like that fifth slot in director, with which, like, if Charlotte Wells got that, that would be really hype. But I don't think, I don't think I'm looking for a pipe dream um, on Tuesday morning as much as I'm looking very specifically, kind of like last year. Last year, I predicted Kristen Stewart and I went in. That was the nomination I cared about the most. Tomorrow, going into, or not tomorrow, going into Tuesday morning, it's Stephanie Sue. That's the name that I want to see and I care the most about seeing pop up because uh, that's that's probably one of the performances I'm most passionate about this year getting recognized by the Academy. So that's one of those things that going into nomination morning, I am just going to be holding out hope for them to call her name. And if they don't, I will be seriously bummed. And that was kind of like me last year with Kristen Stewart. I was like, if they don't call her name, I'm going to be really bummed because I liked that movie a lot and I really loved her performance. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of people would share that disappointment too, especially like if it's looking like all signs are pointing to Jamie Lee Curtis being almost a lock in that category, like of the two performances in that movie, if like if Stephanie Shu, like if she's getting like boxed out by Jamie Lee Curtis because she's bored of a name and stuff like that, like watch the movie. Yeah, I think. (laughs) watch the movie and tell me <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to it later but i do think there's a i yeah, think one yeah. of those two probably gets snubbed 
and I really hope it's Jamie Lee Curtis. As much as I, I want both of them to be nominated, I'm going to predict them both. But I really like out of the two, I would much rather Stephanie Sue be nominated for her performance than Jamie Lee Curtis, even though I think they are both great and probably Oscar nomination worthy. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um, where to start? All right, let's start with best animated feature because we can get that out of the way really quick. This is one that we've all year we've had a pretty solid number one. It's you know Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. We're not going to do anything crazy, not predict that. It's like very obvious it is nominated at the BAFTAs, nominated at the Annies, which if you're not familiar with the Annie Awards, um, the Annie Awards are the International Animated Film Association. It's, you know, their awards every year. It's the Animated Guild. So nominated at the Annies, nominated at BAFTA, one Golden Globe, one Critics' Choice. It is clear frontrunner. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is going to win this category. As yeah, far as it's the totally sweeping. As far as the other four predictions, I'm willing to bet that we have the same other four. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see if we have them in the same order, but I have Turning Red, Marcella Shell Shoes On, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, and then Wendell and Wild, rounding out my five for best animated feature. Are you in agreement, or do you have some variation there in your predictions? I have the same movies. I literally did it two seconds ago because i'm running off of crazy recency bias of seeing puss in boots the last wish for the second time last night as of us <laughs> recording this and i moved it up to two because that movie absolutely bangs it's so good yeah i like, think it's actually so good yeah so uh, as of right now like pinocchio marcel puss in boots turning red those four are locked Whatever order you yeah. want to put them in, they are their locks because they've all received... The fifth slot's weird. They've all received BAFTA, Annie, Golden Globes, and Critics' Choice nominations. The fifth slot's the one that you can get kind of freaky and crazy and, and change it out. But Wendland Wild has both Annie and Critics' Choice. So Wendland Wild makes the most sense. Like the one I think that, it's like, it's Netflix, it's visible. I feel like it's probably like the safest bet and that's I think why so we're both too. going for it the the interesting pick would be inuo which has annie and globes and then yeah. i've also gold derby is predicting my father's dragon i'm pretty sure which has an annie nomination and then the sea beast also has an annie nomination i don't think sea beast is getting in here i think inyo is like the only other one that has a shot to surprise in the fifth slot but i'm not willing to bet against wendell and wild because that's kind of what I don't know if there'd be any. <laughs> I don't know if there could if there's like the potential for any nomination for us to like complain more than if Sea Beast gets in for animated feature. There's a, I think we'd freak out. There's a lot of movies that could take that fifth slot that we would complain about. Wendell and Wild's not one of them because I haven't seen it. So yeah, I don't. That's animated. That's best animated feature. That's an easy one. Probably yeah, we don't need to dwell on that for too the, long. The next one that's worth hitting quickly is best song natu natu sweep that's what i'm hoping for um, natu natu one golden globe one critics choice the other three that we both have in common are going to be hold my hand top gun maverick uh, the lady gaga song black panther wakanda forever's lift me up by rihanna and then ciao papa from guillermo del toro's pinocchio all of those have Golden Globes and Critics Choice nominations. And then we get to that like fifth slot where I don't know what happens here and I'm having a hard time predicting the fifth slot because so okay so Carolina from Where to Crowd Seen by Taylor Swift has both Globe and Critics Choice. So 
That would make sense to be here. It's got the same nominations as all the other ones. There's also Nothing is Lost by The Weeknd from Avatar The Way of Water. You got a slot being in there. There's Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, which is Gold Derby's prediction for the fifth slot. And then your pick, I'm assuming, is New Body Roomba from White Noise because uh, it got a Critics' Choice nomination. So it would also make sense there. Is that, is that right? And assuming that's like, your five? Yeah, like, like the fifth slot, it was so up in the air and I'm never going on record predicting Taylor Swift for anything. So I just put my personal pick in and we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, I've been That was my rationale. I've been flipping back I didn't and want forth. to think about original song too long. <laughs> yeah, I've been flipping back and forth between Carolina and Applause. I decided to go with Applause cuz I don't want to predict Taylor Swift. Um even though that's probably the strongest in terms of prior nominations. It it or it, it is. It's the strongest in terms of prior nominations. It's got the same nominations as these other four, but I don't know. Gold Derby really thinks it's applause, so I'm going to stick with Gold Derby on this one, and I'll predict Tell It Like a Woman. So, that's, that's what it's going to be. That'll be my prediction. Th- let's get, th- so those two are out of the way. Now let's, hit, let's, let's move into these technical categories, because these are some of the fun ones. A lot of the technical categories we have short lists for, so we have a smaller list to pick from, making it easier to know kind of where we are going to go, where the Oscars are going to go, it gives you, you know, some ideas. Best score. Let's start with best score because that's probably your favorite category at the Oscars. Is that a fair, a fair assumption? Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Score. What are what are your five for score, Joe? I have Babylon, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Woman Talking, The Banshees of Inisherin, and The Fablemans. Wow, we have the exact same order. Would you look at that? Something interesting, Gold Derby has Fablemans at like one or two. They have it the same odds as Babylon, and they actually have it placed above Babylon in their actual rankings. Yeah, I want Fablemans. All love and respect to John Williams. I hope they snub him so hard. Oh my goodness. I It would, be, it I would make my it, morning. But he was also nominated for The Rise of Skywalker, so I'm not going to not predict him. Because he just gets the nominated for everything. I know. For everything. The thing is, is that like, if you t- if you take a step back and you look at the Rise of Skywalker movie, sucks. Score good. The score for all three sequel Star Wars movies are like objectively good. Yeah, and he was nominated. I think he was nominated for all three, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, he just yeah. They just nominate John Williams every time he scores something, and so it's really hard for me to not predict him here. But I'm putting him. At I know five. that's why I'm doing I'm, it. I'm, doing I'm just it. saying, like for this movie and this score specifically, I think there are so many scores this year that are really, really strong that I would love to see in over it. Yeah, I think yeah, Babylon. Babylon's our front runner. Babylon, Babylon, and uh, Pinocchio both have BAFTA, Globe, and Critics Choice. They're the only of the shortlisted contenders that have all three, and then Babylon won Globes. So. That makes it a little bit stronger in my mind than Pinocchio. And it's just, it is just the best score of the year. It's really hard to deny how good the score is. And it kind of just stays stuck in your head. Like it's been stuck in my head since I've seen the movie. It just, it just is. It's just that good. So Babylon clearly are, are one. That, it's that's one banger. It, I, it's really, really close to a lock in my mind, but I hesitate to call anything in this category a lock. Because I can just see the Academy snubbing any of these, potentially. So, we'll see. 
maybe one that I'm holding out a little hope for would be Everything Ever All at Once. It, it received the nomination at BAFTA, and the fact that it was shortlisted here, I think, was a really fun sign. So if they, you know, snubbed the Fablemans and put in Everything Everywhere, I would be very, very happy about that. I think that'd be a really awesome, an awesome. Pick. I think it'd be a really solid lineup because the score, the score, and Everything Everywhere is really good. It's really, really good, and so I'd, I'd be super excited about that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and hop over to the other award that we both think Babylon is going to win. Best production design. What what do you have picked for winning? Well, I guess yeah, Babylon predicted for winning. But what what are your other four yeah. nominees for best production design? I have Elvis, Black Panther, Avatar, and then All Quiet on the Western Front, which is the first time that we will say the name of that movie. The first of many. Okay, the movie is going to start popping up everywhere. Yeah, I agree. I I have a different five, but it's just one of one of ours is different. I so I've got Babylon at one, Avatar: The Way of Water at two, Elvis at three. So we have those the same, and then I have the Fablemans in at four. I think the Fablemans, you know, potentially potentially gets this, and then Black Panther: Wakanda Forever at my five. It's hard to not predict All Quiet on the Western Front here. But it's also hard for me to predict all quiet in literally every technical category. So I have to, I'm having to do a couple strategic snubs. And so this is one of those ones that I think it deserves. It was nominated at BAFTA. It was nominated at ADG, which is the Art Directors Guild. So I, I think it has a very strong case to be here. But I think that the Fablemans could upset in here. Because I think the Fablemans probably does pick up a tech or two, and so I think this could be one of them that it gets. So I'm putting in the Fablemans, but I definitely see... I, I think that All Quiet has a very strong argument for being in here. But I think Babylon, definitely in here. I think Elvis is definitely in here, and I think Avatar is definitely in here. I just feel like those three are, are pretty safe in production design. And then you've kind of got I feel like Black Panther's too. a pretty... Yeah, Black Panther's pretty snubbable as well. I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, it's... I think it's snubbable, but it does have ADG and Critics' Choice. So it has the same thing that Fablewinds has, and it has the same thing that Avatar has. So it it's you know it could be in there, but also Everything Everywhere has those same two nominations. So I would love to see Everything Everywhere get in here. That's Everything Everywhere is one of those movies that I would love to see it get into every single category at the Oscars. I'm not going to predict it in all of them, but it's one of those ones that if it got in over really any of these, I wouldn't be upset. Except maybe Babylon. If it's if Babylon was snubbed and placed it everything everywhere, I wouldn't love that. Even though I love everything everywhere, but yeah, I think. Well, Black you Panther, don't have to worry about that. Black Panther's not getting snubbed. I think a lot of people are predicting Black Panther higher. I've I've got it at, at my five. I think that it's definitely snubbable in this category, as well as the Fablemans. You know, I'm not. Super confident in those two, but those are going to be my predictions as of right this second. So, we'll see. Come come Tuesday morning. What about the other design? Costume design? Costume design. What you got? So, for costume design, I have... I'm trying to pull up that. Okay, cool. Best costume design. So, I've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever winning. Got that in my number one. And then I've got Babylon at two. Uh, those are the only two awards to have. Uh, or actually, no, Black Panther was snubbed at BAFTA. Never mind. 
I'll come back to that in a minute. So I've got Black Panther one, Babylon at two, Elvis at three. And then I've got two that I'm not super confident in, and they're kind of flyers. And there's a good chance that I only get three in this category because I'm really confident in the first three. My four is Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and my five is Everything Everywhere All at Once. So those are, those are my five for costume design. Babylon and Elvis both have BAFTA, Costume Designers Guild, and Critics' Choice. And then Black Panther, Miss Harris Goes to Paris, both have Costume Designer Guild as well as Everything Ever All at Once. So all five of my picks here have the Guild nomination. Um, some other ones that got the Guild were Woman King, Don't Worry Darling, Glass Onion, Women Talking, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, those all received Guild nominations. But everything everywhere was also nominated at Critics' Choice, so that makes me feel pretty good about that. Uh, so you are not predicting Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I'm going to assume, and then correct. I have Woman King. You have Woman King in there, and then are you predicting everything everywhere? I am. That's exciting. Yeah, Woman King's not a bad pick. It's got uh, Costume Designer Guild, so it's got the Guild nomination, and it has Critics' Choice. So it's it's got you know, a, a package or it's got the same sort of package as Black Panther, except Black Panther won at Critics Choice, but it does have the same nomination as Black Panther, same nomination as Everything Everywhere, same nomination as Glass Onion and Ives Out Mystery. So I could definitely see that that happening there. I mean, yeah, when you were talking, you talked about Black Panther Wakanda Forever missing costumes at BAFTA, mm-hmm. but the first Black Panther didn't get nominated for costumes or production design or score or anything at BAFTA. It was just like mm-hmm. overlooked because they don't really care about Marvel stuff. And the only thing it was nominated, the first Black Panther, the only thing it was nominated for at BAFTAs was visual effects. Yeah. And then it went on to win costumes and score and production design at the Oscars. Yeah. So I think it missing there doesn't matter. I think I it's like a very, very safe bet. And I think it could, Actually, I think it could legitimately win costume design at the Oscars again. I think, yeah, I think it's it's clearly the favorite for costume design at the Oscars. It's just the first one won, and I'm not willing to doubt the second one either because it just does more. We talked about this before. It'd be a really good winner. It's it, it's a good pick. It's a good pick there. I could also, I think there's an equally good case for Babylon or Elvis I think those are your yeah. top three, and you kind of put them in whatever order you prefer. I'm most comfortable predicting Black Panther, but the these five, I'm I'm pretty confident in these five. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is probably a weird one if you're listening to this because odds are you've never heard of it, but it's just doing well um, in the costume circles, and it's like very it's just, it just feels like a best costume design pick. It was like Cruella, you know, it's just one of those movies that has a lot of costumes and they don't care if the movie's good. They don't care if the movie's well known. They just care if the costumes are good. You know, that's all they care about. And so this is one of those ones that because it was shortlisted and it was nominated at the guild, it's like the only one of these that's kind of out there. So I could see it sliding in here. And then I think Amsterdam is probably also potentially one of those ones that's creeping in. Because it's not a very good movie, but it was shortlisted here. So it's one of those ones that I could see them sliding it in because it feels like an odd shortlist, you know? Costume design. Let's hit, let's hit the other. We kind of talked about production, talked about costume. Let's, let's talk about makeup and hairstyling. 
because I think that's kind of those three all kind of go together. What are your five for best makeup and hairstyling at the Oscars? I have four that I'm very confident in, and that's The Whale, Elvis, The Batman, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm -hmm. And then I threw in Babylon because, yeah. Yeah, I agree with those four. So, yep, I have The Whale, Elvis, All Quiet, and then The Batman are my, my top four. I think those four are getting in. The Oscars really love prosthetics. The Whale, Elvis, and the Batman all have heavy prosthetics. All Quiet has some prosthetics, but then All Quiet also has some very heavy makeup and the mud and everything. It's just like, it's a war movie. It's got good makeup. And then it's, yeah, the five slot is the interesting one to kind of figure out what goes there. You could, you know, you could make a case for Black Panther. It did get a Critics' Choice nomination. So it could maybe be in that conversation. I mean, there's there's a lot that you can you can put here, you know, you put Babylon, it also has a Critics Choice nomination. My pick for my five, I'm putting in Amsterdam. I'm just kind of throwing something, seeing what sticks, because I think the five slot is hard to predict. And Amsterdam just kind of feels like the pick because they really like prosthetics. And Amsterdam has a lot of prosthetics. Uh, Crimes of the Future would also be a good pick here because it's got a lot of prosthetics, but I think it's too horror and weird for the academy to pick so i'm gonna go with amsterdam it just feels it was one of those ones that before it came out it felt oscar baity and we thought it was gonna do well and then it was not good so i think amsterdam could could be here in this uh in this conversation so i'm gonna predict it in my five don't like the movie but i think that it's one of those ones that if i get it right i'm gonna be like really hype because it's they're, if they're reading, if they go in alphabetical order, then it's going to be like all quiet on the Western Front, and then Amsterdam, you know, right off the rip. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that I that I that I hit there. If I don't, you know, I don't care because I'm okay with Amsterdam not getting nominated, but I'd love to get it right. So that's kind of my flyer. Just hoping and praying that I get it. Trying to figure out where we should go next. We're kind of flying through these. This is good. Let's do let's do visual effects. Visual effects is a fun one because. We know who's winning best visual effects. And then it's the other four. Correct. Whoever whoever you want to put in there. Yeah. So Avatar the Way of Water is winning. That's our number one. What do you what do you have two through five? I have I'm trying to think. I'm ordering as I go here because the way I've written these down are just all jumbled. Um I'd probably have Top Gun Maverick at two, and then All Quiet on the Western Front, the Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay. So you have that's what my gut's saying yeah. looking at this. Okay. That's that's definitely my five. That's like just how like I would like gut order it. So you said Avatar, Top Gun? Was Top Gun 2 or Batman 2? Avatar, Top Gun, All Quiet, The Batman, Black Panther. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I've got Top Gun at my two, and then I've got The Batman, and then I have All Quiet at my five. Uh, my four slot differs from yours. And it's another one of those ones that's kind of feels like a flyer, but it's one that I was kind of thinking. And then there's been some other conversation this week that's made me feel more confident in the pick. But I put in 13 Lives. 13 Lives was one of those ones that when it was put on the Oscar shortlist, I was like, ooh, that's a good pick. It was just, it was just the one that when the shortlist was announced, it felt weird, felt kind of like an outlier, but something about it just felt right. 
because it feels like 13 Lives should get an Oscar nomination this year, and th- it just feels right. But it's it's hard to you know sub it in for something else. I do have it subbed for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, 13 Lives received a nomination at the Visual Effects Society, so I I kind of like that pick there. And Black Panther did not receive a VES nomination. The we, we clearly do have a top three though. Avatar, Top Gun, and Batman, I think, are all definitely in. They all received BAFTA, VES, and Critics Choice nominations. So those three are all very solid options and I think are definitely gonna be nominated. All Quiet is another good pick because it was nominated at BAFTA. It over kind of overperformed everywhere at BAFTA. Like we haven't obviously we didn't talk about BAFTA nominations because we knew we were doing this episode, but all Quiet on the Western Front was nominated in 14 categories. It only missed lead actor. And I think it was probably like the lead actor there. I think his name is Felix Kemmerer or something. He, he might have been like... I could not tell you. He might have been just outside. You know, just outside the yeah, BAFTA probably. lineup. Because can you imagine if All Quiet on the Western Front hit every category at the BAFTAs? That would have been nuts. Insane. Like it, it would have... It would. It's already the favorite to win picture at the BAFTA right now. I think like it has a yeah. case to potentially be the favorite over over Banshees. Like I'm still predicting Banshees at this moment, but if yeah. if it, if All Quiet has a really good day Tuesday morning and gets a lot of Oscar nominations, people are going to start predicting it everywhere at the BAFTAs. It might. I mean, Berger, the director of All Quiet on the the Western Front. Edward Berger might be my prediction for might be might be my prediction for director at BAFTAs. I mean, I might I might actually go there. So regardless, I think I think All Quiet is a good pick here. It's a war movie. They nominated 1917. It's kind of subtle visual effects, so it you know it kind of feels like it fits. So I'm comfortable putting that in here, even though it didn't receive a VES nomination. So, but I'm not comfortable nominating two movies that didn't receive Visual Effects Society nominations. So that's why I'm putting in 13 Lives instead of Black Panther. But regardless, it doesn't even matter because Avatar's winning. <laughs> it's kind of all just like a, a moot point. It's very true. <laughs> Everybody knew Avatar was winning this award before any movies came out this year. Yeah, it's just, it's been locked up from the very beginning, which... And it will continue to be locked up. <laughs> For for the every next time an Avatar a, sequel comes out, two years. it's going to win a visual effects award, and it's going to go home, and it's going to be it's going to have its one little award, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, we're about to have this fun run of Dune Part One, Avatar Two, Dune Part Two, Avatar Three, kind of in a row. I think I think it's very realistic to assume that that could happen four years in a row. It's kind of boring, but I see a world where that happens. So we'll you know we'll see we'll see what they do. But I, I maybe think one movie comes in. And just steals the show. Are you, I doubt are it. You saying? I mean, I assume you're alluding to Oppenheimer. No, I was just saying any movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Oppenheimer maybe has the shot there, but we'll see. You know, that's visual effects in Oppenheimer. There's no visual effects in Oppenheimer. He's literally blowing up a bomb. He is, but there's still visual effects. So now he's blowing up a real bomb. He's actually killing people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. That's I mean that's Nolan for you. Cinematography. Cinematography is a fun category every year. Who are you predicting in cinematography, Joe? Um, 
I'm going to also put this in order on the fly because I didn't do that because I've jumbled these around so much and that I never like took the time to go through and reorder all of them. Um, Top Gun's winning. And then my order would be, hmm. All right. So Top Gun, Elvis, the Batman, Empire of Light, All Quiet on the Western Front. Cool. I've got the exact same five different order. So yeah, I've got okay. Top Gun Maverick. And then two and three are harder for me to choose between what order they go. But right now, the order doesn't matter. Um, but I've got All Quiet on the Western Front at my two for now, just because I think it performs really well here. So I think it has a good shot, and it's a war movie. So it's just I think it's just got a shot. Empire of Light, I'm very confident it's getting a nomination here. Empire of Light and Top Gun Maverick are the only of the shortlisted options to receive BAFTA, ASG, and Critics' Choice nominations. So, it like it's just happening. A A ASC is um, the American Society of Cinematographers, so it's just like, those two both have it. It's hard to deny either of them getting in here. And I think... They just love Roger Deakins. They can't help themselves. Top Gun Maverick's clearly the favorite to win, and then they love Deakins. Yeah, it... that's the only reason that Empire of Light's in the conversation here at all. Even even Roger Deakins at his most boring, which is what Empire of Light is. And they're like, yeah, sure, I guess. So I'm going to put it in. I, I, there's no reason for me to not put it in. It's got all the precursors it needs. And it's going to it right now. It's the only movie that can legitimately compete with Top Gun Maverick, which is wild. And then I've got the Justice Batman for Babylon. I just think the Batman, the Batman gets it. I think Greg Frazier's kind of riding that dune high, and the cinematography's good. So Batman gets in, and then I've got Elvis at five. Don't love predicting Elvis, but it has both BAFTA and ASC, and none of the other ones that are kind of on the outside looking in have as strong a resume. So I think it's got to be Elvis there in the five. If I sit there and think about it like objectively for like half a second, like, yeah, I personally don't love like the maximalist, like, style of elvis but like for what the movie was like asking it to do and like the editing and like what like boslerman's style is and everything like the cinematography is pretty good yeah the it's a really big bummer in this category though because there's some movies that i feel like are really deserving that are just not even remotely in the conversation and that's a lot of these categories, we That's have favorite movies. Every that are category, out. every year. But this yeah. one, I think, particularly, we're not even considering Babylon. We're not considering Fablemans. We're not considering Avatar. We're not considering Bardo. You know, those are movies. Well, I'm kind of considering Bardo. Bardo. Bardo could sub in for my five because it did get an ASC nomination. Like, I could see that getting in. Yeah. I could actually see that potentially even sliding in over All Quiet. I have All Quiet at two. Because I think if All Quiet gets nominated, it has a really good chance of winning. But I might actually bump All Quiet down now that I'm thinking about it. Regardless, it's just there's so there's so much good cinematography this year. Like for like it's you listen crazy. back to our predictions from December, it was before I've seen Babylon, and Babylon's pr- probably my favorite cinematography of the mm-hmm. year now. Even though I really do love Top Gun, Maverick, and the Batman, I think they're very deserving, and I really love what both of those movies did. But if we look at if you listen to the December predictions, like I said, it was before I've seen Babylon. The Fablemans was my number one, and I was like really excited about it because I was it was my favorite cinematography of the year at that point. I thought it was so well done, 
and like so many of like the shots like specifically like stuck like stood out to me mm-hmm. in a movie that has like a lot going on and is like so well written and well acted like the cinematography like still found a way to stand out and i think it's just, it's just like i think it also is like is very like entangled with like how much i love the direction of that movie mm-hmm. but like oh it was so good and now it's just not here yeah my predictions in december only one of my five predictions is still here i predicted babylon to look at my december i did babylon avatar fableman's top gun and everything ever all at once the only one that's still here is top gun and it's my number one now the other four babylon mine was fableman's babylon top gun avatar and bardo bardo still's got a shot so yeah only top gun is still in my predictions the only thing that stayed i would love for everything everywhere to be <laughs> you know a surprise it's not gonna happen i just don't see being a surprise the craziest thing of all of this too is that the best cinematography of the year not even in the conversation that's atina like that's the best cinematography of the year and i don't think there's even a question about it but it's just not gonna get any recognition which is fine it was shortlisted so i guess good job but or did they shortlist no, it was shortlisted somewhere. It wasn't shortlisted here because they didn't shortlist cinematography, but it was shortlisted somewhere. Doesn't matter. It's, yeah, I, I think that this five is a really safe five. And I think if you're going to predict an upset, you put Bardo in somewhere because Bardo does have ASC. So I think Bardo is a safe surprise. It's just kind of hard for me to predict who Bardo snubs. So I'm just going to take the other ones you know because i don't want to risk really messing up my predictions it's such a bummer that Atena's not going to get nominated anywhere though oh it's so good that's a movie that you just watch it for the craft it's absolutely crazy best sound uh my my predictions for best sound are top gun maverick all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water Elvis and everything everywhere all at once. What are your five, Joe? I have the same, but subbing in the Batman for everything ever all at once, and I am confident in this five. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like all of these all of these movies just scream best sound to me. I could see like the possibility of everything everywhere getting in, because like, yes, the sound design is very good and it has like the it's a best picture contender like going for it but i don't know i think all these movies are just like maximizing like their sound and doing a lot with it i agree i don't think everything everywhere is a good fifth pick person like right like if i'm if i'm trying to if i'm if i'm just looking at the sound category and what really probably will be here i think that moon age daydream is a better fifth pick and the batman are a better fifth pick than everything everywhere because they they both received nominations at the uh, cinema audio society so as well as all quiet avatar elvis and top gun like our other four they all received that nomination everything everywhere did not receive that nomination so everything everywhere is definitely a weak fifth pick but there is a super strong correlation between editing and sound and they're almost the editing winner is almost always nominated in sound as well And a lot of times they win both of them. So I'm predicting, because I'm predicting everything everywhere to win editing, I feel like I have to put it into sound because there's just, they always kind of go hand in hand. It's my five because I don't think it really belongs here, but because there's always such a strong editing and sound correlation, 
I feel like I need to put it in. So I have it in my five, but I agree with you. Batman is probably is a safer pick. I think Moon Age Daydream is also like pot- potentially might be if if I wasn't playing this game of trying to get it right and trying to tie it with editing, I'd probably put in Moon Age Daydream in my five because the sound in Moon Age Daydream is freaking phenomenal. It's really good, and it was nominated at the Cinema Audio Society, and I'm predicting it in Best Documentary Feature to be nominated there, so I think got a strong case, but it definitely can't discount the Batman, especially when we're you know talking about Batman in all these other categories. I would feel more confident putting Batman in if it was shortlisted for score, but because it wasn't shortlisted for score, it's harder a little bit harder for me to predict, but they don't always, you know, they don't really go hand in hand that much, but the score is such a big part of the sound design in that film that it's a tough thing for me to reconcile. That's a decent point. That's a good point. But I mean, it, it, that's, it's not the end of the world for it because like a lot of the movies that we're predicting in score were not shortlisted in sound, you know? So yeah, it kind of always, there, there's always that back and forth, but it's like, I don't know. It's hard. I think the top four are really easy top four. They they all have CAS and BAFTA. Like those four are happening. I think yeah. the question's the fifth one. And so I think the Batman's a great pick there. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see that Tuesday morning. I kind of hope it's everything everywhere. I feel like it makes sense for it to be everything everywhere. But who knows? I think there's a lot of ways they can go with that fifth slot, which is really interesting. So let's- I mean, it's one of the last texts that we have. I mean, you kind of talked about everything everywhere being your number one in editing. I mean, of like the kind of below the line technical categories, you could make the argument that like maybe tied with like cinematography editing is one of like, no, editing is probably the biggest one in oh, terms yeah. of being in line with screenplay and stuff in terms of meaning the most for best picture winners. Editing is um, the most important below the line category and i would almost yeah. even I, I i kind of consider editing as an above the line category in my mind it's below the line but i think it's it's a very important category for the oscar so you have everything overall at once at your one correct what else do you have so at my two i have top gun maverick i'm gonna assume that's probably year two as well and then at my three i have elvis as much as i, I don't really want to put elvis there it's I, three is elvis Four banshees, and then five is hard. I think five is between. I think there's three or four options for five. I think five comes down between Tar, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, and Babylon. Like those are kind of your options for that five slot. You you just you said it comes down to three, and then you listed four. <laughs> I think I said it comes down to three or four because I I was mm. thinking three, and then I remembered Babylon as well. So, but our, I, our listeners who may or may not exist can be the decider of yeah you can of this well I'll, whenever this I dispute whenever I'm listening through this later I'll see I'm putting it all quiet you're gonna, you're gonna edit it yeah you're gonna edit I'll, it I'll edit it to say what I wanted to say <laughs> I, I'm gonna say all quiet gets it here because I'm kind of predicting all quiet to have a really a, a pretty good day here at the Oscars and you know we get a decent package so I'm gonna predict all quiet. In editing over over Tar, over Avatar, and over Babylon might be might be a dumb pick, but it got BAFTA, so I'm gonna I'm okay with it. I'm gonna put in All Quiet there in my five slot. What what are your five? 
Mine is different. I have Top Gun at one, and then everything ever all at once. I think it's kind of 1A, 1B. I think it's really a toss-up. Like, they're doing so different things. But, um, yeah, I still have Top Gun at one. I think Elvis is very safe. Um, I think Banshees is pretty safe. And then I put in Avatar. Because I still, it's kind of jumping ahead. I still think Avatar is getting into Best Picture. And I think Ava- Avatar definitely missed editing at BAFTA, right? Uh, correct. Avatar, it's only like, prior nomination is Critics' Choice right now. Which is the same as Tar and like, the same as I Babylon. Think, like, I think All Quiet on the Western Front is picking up stuff. And, like, picked up enough steam to where, like, yes, it's, like, going to be in Best Picture. Like, as we're going to get there. But I think Avatar is still picking up enough nominations and it's like so clear cut ahead in like visual effects to like win that, that I think it's going to get editing as well. It's going to be another thing that picks up and like that's going to be like it's packaged to like still f- feel pretty firm in best picture when like there's been like conversation and like some people have felt like pretty iffy about it and like thinking that it could like fall out of best picture. But like I just don't mm-hmm. see it happening. I think Avatar was just way too big, like in America. Like I think it just was. <laughs> Let me ask you. All right, so you have you've you've got Top Gun Maverick at your one. What's your what's your reason for right now? Still predicting it for the win. Um, both it and Everything Everywhere both have the BAFTA nomination and the Critics Choice, but then Everything Everywhere won at Critics Choice. So are you predicting that Top Gun's going to win at BAFTA? What's your? I, I'm assuming that's you've got to be predicting that. And then kind of what's, what's your thinking is, cause I, I think the strongest case is that it's pro it's going to win sound. So if it's going to win sound, it has a really strong case to win editing as well. That's my is thought that is that it's going to win, is that it's going to win sound and it's going to win cinematography. Why would it not win editing? I mean, I think that, I think that's about, val- like, I think it's a valid point. That's, that's my thought process is that if it's so strong in those other two categories, why would I doubt it here? Yeah. I think it's I think it's got a good case. Like I think it's really these two kind of duking it out for editing. I think everything everywhere has the best editing of the year by a pretty wide margin. So I have a hard time not predicting it to win. And I think the critics choice win was a big a big boost for it and makes me feel more confident in, you know, predicting it here. But we'll see. I think like I don't know if we had this like conversation like on or off podcast where like both of like the editing and everything everywhere and in Top Gun are like really really strong but like in very different ways mm-hmm. where like everything everywhere is like very like integral to like its narrative and its like storytelling where like Top Gun is like very integral to like its like sequencing in terms mm-hmm. of like its like action sequences and that's why like it being tied to and, like, for me, like, the sequences in Top Gun are, like, some of the best action sequences I've seen, not, like, yes, just this year, but also in, like, a while. Like, it's really, really good stuff. And, like, the Academy is obviously going to recognize it because I think sound and cinematography are feeling pretty good in terms of nominations and, like, it being a front runner in that sense. And I think the editing just, like, it goes so hand in hand with, like, all of those, like, big, like, plain like fight sequences and stuff where like all three of those are just working so in sync yeah i so, yeah i agree very very different stuff but like i would 
I'd be very okay with either winner, to be honest. Yeah, I... Just no Elvis, please. Yeah, I think... Give it to Banshees of Anishirin before Elvis. Yeah, I, I just think that because... Yeah, because Everything Everywhere has such great editing, because it won Critics' Choice, and because it's my prediction for winning Best Picture, I just... I really want editing to be there, too. I just kind of feel like it needs to be. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be a really fun one on the actual night of the Oscar ceremony. As far as Tuesday morning, though, what do you think of, of our predictions here? What's kind of the most fringe pick out of... Because we both, we both have a different five. Do you think that that's... Are you in agreement that that's the one that could very easily swap out? Or are you confident in your five? Do you think th- those are going to be the ones on Tuesday morning? I'm, like, pretty confident. Like, that's why I made the predictions that I did. Because, like, I think Avatar just has enough around it, like, technically, to where I think it can pick this up as well. Um, I'm not super confident in Avatar or Banshees, necessarily. Because I feel like Banshees is, like, I don't know. There's also, like, always kind of, like, a Best Picture nominee that's, like, not doing anything, like, super, like, flashy with it. Where, like, I could see, like, Banshees getting that slot. I could see, like the Fablemans getting in like I like had Fablemans in editing when I like in like our December predictions Mm -hmm. because like that movie is like really well like sequenced and like there's editing to where like Elvis is doing like the most with editing and then like we've talked about like Whiplash before where like Whiplash is doing a lot of like really like high speed a lot of like stuff going on and Mm -hmm. like Babylon kind of does that same thing so like there's arguments for like that kind of editing but then like even more of just like sequencing and like a slower like pace and stuff where like Banshees does that and like all of these different styles of editing are like respected by like this like category Mm -hmm. so it makes it kind of hard to predict because you can't always just predict like the most editing yeah I think but then also every every now and then they also just absolutely boof this category like when they gave it to um Bohemian Rhapsody where, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that movie has, like, some really cool sequences, but, like, you look at a conversation in that movie, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, they're just cutting just to cut. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you're, to, I want to hit your point on Banshees before we move on. Yeah, Banshees is an outlier here where it feels weird to predict it over some other movies that have more editing and probably better editing. Banshees is not bad editing. It's just very simple. You know, it's not flashy. It's good but it's you know it's very but like simple if you, editing if but yeah if like you're if considering you considering it a top two though, contender i think it has to it has to be in the conversation for editing yeah yeah and then if you think about the movie like so much of it's conversation driven to where like if you're sitting there and you're listening to a conversation like when do you focus on who's speaking when do you cut to the reverse shot and focus on the person that's listening to what's happening mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of control in that movie because it's so dialogue heavy and like it's so like emotional and like the conversations are so like emotionally like driven to where like when you're focusing on each different person like everything is like so thought about and like down to like the smallest little details of like when it like the exact like second and like words that like they're cutting on between like characters like expressions and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really like thoughtfully done so i definitely understand it and then I could definitely see that being swapped in for something like Fablemans. If Fablemans starts to pick up more steam and, like, the Academy kind of goes for it when other places haven't, like, I still think that is, like, not 
outside of the realm of possibility where like Fableman's just like overperforms because the Academy is like, yeah, nobody else cared about it, but like Spielberg's our boy. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. So I could see that kind of being in that slot. And then like I was saying, like Avatar kind of, I feel like the moment's still there and it can pick up another tech category, but something all like all quiet that's like been surging. I can see it. Was that what you predicted? I can't remember. We've yes, been talking about yeah. editing for like yeah. I put all seven minutes. I now. put all quiet in my five, and like I, I think it's just like I could totally have a good see day. it. I think it's just because it's gonna have a good day. I think it it slides in. I think that one you're also like balancing like different things where there's like the people that are like discussing like the treaties and crap like that, and then there's like all of like the actual like war sequencing and everything, and then like balancing like those kind mm-hmm. of like different locations and stuff. I feel like that's another thing that kind of heightens this and like that's another thing that like had that everything ever all at once has going on for it is that there's so many things going on in like all these different like stacked like universes and everything Mm -hmm. and knowing when to bounce around and everything it's equally as much of an editing thing as it is like a screenplay thing and we've had that conversation before editing editing is going to be the fun category to see at at the oscars like that's one that it's you know i don't really know what's going to happen until it happens and We'll we'll get some precursors leading up to it, and we'll be able to react to and see what that happens there. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Those are the below the line categories. I think. Well, it also like I don't want to dwell on too long. I could also see just ahead. like some. Cra- I could also see like some like crazy like snubbage. All right, I like, agree. It'd be like nut. Like it'd be nuts, but like Tuesday if they just didn't nominate like Elvis or something like that, like it'd be like funny. I but like I could totally see it. Well, okay. like I could see like I could see like I don't mm, like it's tough, but like I could see there being something like weird. I could really see there being something weird. I I think where, that like they're... one of those like top four that we all that, like all three of us predicted that like the two of us predicted being just gone. So I think that the top three are super safe. I think everything everywhere, Top Gun and Elvis are all very safe because all three of them have BAFTA and Critics Choice. So I feel like that makes them really safe. I think the other two are where there's vulnerability. I think there is a really good chance that Tar could slide in here. I think that it's just Tar has been performing super well, being carried a lot by Blanche's performance. It's a top contender in picture right now, I think. So I think Tar is one of those ones that I I I would be looking out for the upset coming in. I don't think Babylon has a real shot at realistically breaking in here. So I think Tar is like the one that could come in and wreck up our like like wreck our predictions. Like pretty pretty easily come in there. I think the top three are safe, but Tar is one that I'm I'm looking out for because I could I could definitely see it causing some problems. Um I'm gonna hit should I hit the so there's some other random below the line categories that Joe has not predicted and I've made my predictions, but they're based a lot on like what other people are predicting. So I don't think we're going to, we're really not, I'm not going to even hit the short films because I've not seen any of them. Um, let's hit international film because we both have predictions for international. So I think we should hit international. I'll hit documentary and then we can tackle the above the line categories. So, or actually I'll do documentary and then we can both do international and then above the line. So documentary, I am pretty, pretty confident in in my five, I'm picking All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, All That Breathes, Fire of Love, Navalny, and Moon Age Daydream. Uh, I think my five, I think the top four are 
like the gold derby predicted for. I think those are four that everyone's predicting. And then there's kind of a fifth slot. I've seen Moon Age Daydream, so I put it in there, you know, just, <laughs> just kind of because I've seen it. And it was really good. Documentary is one of those ones that I, I, it's hard for me to predict because I haven't seen them. But those are ones that if you are looking for documentaries to watch, those are the ones that everybody's talking about. Best international film, however, I think we have some pretty good predictions there. I'm interested to hear what your picks are here and if they differ from mine. So what do you, what do you, what are you selecting for best international feature film? Um, All Quiet on the Western Front is clearly the frontrunner right now. Absolutely. And has with its surge, it just is. I think both of us are going to end up having it in best picture, which pretty much solidifies it for a win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a pretty good win. I kind of like Decision to Leave more, which is my number two. I think Decision to Leave is very safe to get nominated. And then behind that, I have Close, Argentina 1985, and then The Quiet Girl. Ooh. So, okay. So I had the exact same five different order. I thought you might put in Bardo. I was kind of expecting Bardo to appear there. It's For me, it's between Bardo and I feel like The Quiet Girl are kind of like, I don't really know which one of them is in, but I have All Quiet winning, Decision to Leave, and then Argentina 1985, just because, I mean, it won the Golden Globe for some reason, and it's also been nominated at BAFTA and Critics' Choice, so, I mean, it's very safe getting in there. Those three are, are in. And I think Close is a safe bet from Belgium. It's got Globe and Critics' Choice. And then The Quiet Girl got BAFTA, and... Everyone that I've seen review the film and that's watched the film, they really love it. And Bardo is a film that people don't really love. So that's my reasoning for putting in The Quiet Girl over Bardo is purely based on reception. But Bardo, if Bardo gets nominated in cinematography, I would not be surprised to see it appear here. I think that it's got a very strong case, you know, to appear here. I mean, yeah, if Bardo felt a little stronger in cinematography than it does, like, it still, like, is right on the outside looking in, but if it was, like, a little stronger, like, if it was, like, a lock for cinematography, like, everybody was nominating it and it was just happening, then, yeah, Bardo would show up here. But for now, sitting right on the outside. Yeah, All all Quiet, I think, is clearly, clearly our front runner, winning this category, being nominated other places, and where it's, you know, it's got some interesting nominations above the line. For me, my in terms of my predictions, so let's start hitting the above the line categories. And the whale. And I'd like to hit. I guess the first place that I'm predicting glass above onion, the line. All quite on the western front and living. I am not putting in she said, which might be stupid of me, but I'm doing it. What are your five? I think you're stupid. <laughs> I have the whale, woman talking, glass onion, she said, and living. <laughs> Journalism represent. So you're not putting in all quiet. Correct. Interesting. Okay. I think I think that is going to rack up a bunch of technical awards, and I think that's going to be it. Okay. I think that I think Adapted's coming along for the ride. I just, I don't know, man. I just think it is. It's such popular source material. It's a popular book adapted into a Best Picture winning film before, and it's coming back around again. I just don't see a world where it doesn't catch a nomination here. I don't know. But I, she said... I don't is, know, man. I've never heard of this book. She said is... You've never heard of All Quiet on the Western Front? Nah. Okay. Well, that's just because you're illiterate. Yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front, very famous novel. And 
then was adapted into a film that won Best Picture, like, forever ago. I don't know the year off the top of my head. And then, like, the, maybe the 80s or something. I don't know. I feel like now I have to look it up because it's going to bother me. It was an Academy Award-winning film in the 19- in 1930. Oh, thir- geez. Way older than I thought it was. Yeah. That's what I'm... So it's... Really? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I knew it was old, but I didn't know it was that old. So, yeah, it's it's got some serious history to this source material, regardless. So, I I have a hard time not putting it in here. But she said has a super strong case because it was nominated at BAFTA over After Sun, which is craziness. So, who knows? I, I don't know. She said is about Hollywood. It's about these people. But it's also kind of critical of Hollywood, and so we don't know how they're going to react. But I, because it's like it's, it's critical of somebody that Hollywood has agreed. Yes. is Yes. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> they should probably pick it. But she said is just I'm not predicting it anywhere else, and I I'm having a hard time putting in two movies in my adapted screenplay prediction that don't have nominations elsewhere with both of my screenplays. I'm putting in one that has no other nominations and that's glass onion for me. And I feel like I'm safer with the other four being nominated somewhere else. So that's kind of my reasoning, but she said very easily could be here and I will not be surprised if it's here. I think she said very valid pick going in here. And I think it's like a strong competitor. You know, we've been predicting that since the very beginning. It, that it would make an appearance here. Best original screenplay, on the other hand, is another interesting one because I know we disagree in our one. For adapted, were you putting whale at one or women talking? Oh, I have whale. Okay, at cool. one. Me too. So that's what that's what I thought. I thought we were in agreement over there at adapted. Uh, for original, what are what are your five? For I'm not original in, screenplay. I'm not in disagreement when it comes to my actual prediction. I'm in disagreement when it comes to like what I think is like the best. Oh, okay. I thought you were predicting Banshees. No, I think everything ever all at once is winning because I think it's just happening. I think that movie is just picking up stuff on its way to winning Best Picture. I think it's just happening. Okay, so you've got everything I think Banshees, and Banshees one and two. I still, I still think Banshees is really close to, and like they, like there is a chance that they give Martin McDonough a screenplay nomination, kind of as like a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. For like, hey, thanks for having a really good movie this year and coming in second. Here you go. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, so like that's one, two. Fableman's is right there. Tar's right there. And then, I mean, all signs are pointing to Triangle of Sadness being there. I'm pretty sure that's also what you have in. Yeah. So those are those are my my five as well. the The top four are easy. They all have BAFTA, Globe, and Critics Choice, and then Banshees yeah. and Everything Everywhere split Globes and Critics' Choice. Everything Everywhere won Critics, Banshees won Globes. And then the fifth slot's kind of the open one. I'm putting in Triangle of Sadness because it got nominated at BAFTA, and so I think that it's it's kind of the strongest next option. The only other one that maybe has a shot in my mind is After Sun, like I said, because it received a nomination at Critics' Choice. But I, I still think it's probably Triangle of Sadness. And so that's where, like I said, you know, I've got one in each of my screenplay where I don't have it getting nominated anywhere else. And spoiler alert, I'm not predicting Dolly DeLeon. So I've got Triangle of Sadness as my one here that's not receiving a nomination elsewhere. This is one where I wanted to look back at 
my predictions from December. Mm-hmm. I had the same top three in December, but then I had Babylon and Decision to Leave. Yeah, I had I had the exact same five predicted in original screenplay last time, except I had Babylon instead of Tar. So I I'm kind of proud of that. You know, if this ends up being the five, I hadn't seen Babylon at the time, and I expected it to be strong everywhere else. And like after seeing Babylon, I think it's kind of clear that it's not a screenplay movie. It's got a good screenplay, but it's just it just doesn't feel like an original screenplay nominee, you know? It just kind of doesn't. Yeah. So if I had seen it before that prediction, I probably wouldn't have predicted it, honestly. So, and would I have put in Tar? I don't know. Maybe. So this, I, I'm pretty confident in this five. We both have the same five. I think that this is probably the five we see Tuesday morning after Sun. Yeah. Maybe it comes in for a surprise. If it's anything other than Triangle of Sadness or After Sun in that five slot, I will be surprised. Or if any of those four the top four are not there i'll be really surprised yeah that'd be very shocking which which order are we tackling the acting categories in i think we hit them um, in an oscar order so best supporting actor first which our number one is easy it's just ridiculous it's not even not even a competition top, top three top three are easy yeah so qa kwan Brennan gleason barry Keoghan. boom Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Easy. Done. They've all got SAG, all got BAFTA, all got Globe, all got Critics' Choice. Kwan won Globe and Critics' Choice. Those are, those three are, we know those. Then the fun two come in, and, and I say fun as in probably not that fun, because I don't know who's going to be here, and I think there can be some snubbage. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I think we, we both have the same picks here. For Paul Dano, right? You've got him getting in for Fablemans at four. Yeah, I have Paul Dano getting in. It's his time. He's overdue. Fablemans is a good enough performance. He's had a good year. I mean, it's just yeah, the spot seems open, and it seems like he is right there to take it yeah. at this point. I just I think Fablemans gets an acting nomination somewhere, and this is the acting nomination that I'm predicting. Spoiler alert: I'm not predicting Michelle Me Williams. Too. Uh, he, he has the SAG nomination, which is big, and then he has Critics' Choice. Missed BAFTA. I would feel way more confident putting here if he got BAFTA, but also Fablemans was just shafted everywhere at BAFTA, just totally not present at BAFTA at all. Like, uh, BAFTA's so interesting, because it's like, you can read into it a lot to be like, oh, like, I want to, like, you read into BAFTA a lot to be like, yes, All Quiet on the Western Front is like, here, it is a contender, it needs to be respected in a lot of categories. And then also, it's like, eh, yeah, BAFTA, like, didn't like the Fablements at all, it gave it, like, a screenplay nomination, and that's it, and then, like, Spielberg wasn't even, like, long-listed for director, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, they just hated the Fablemans. Yeah, we're just the assuming that's not going to hate thing. the fa- Yeah, we're just... <laughs> the Academy is not hating the Fablemans, which, like, spoiler alert, we're both talking about snubbing Michelle Williams. I'm still nervous about that, because I think she's probably still... Like, I, like, something, like, I don't want to predict her, and, like, I'm not. I think she's but, like, in. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I, I think she's think, in, yeah. but I don't know who she's in yeah. for, so I'm not going to try to get it right. I'm not going to try to predict it. Exactly. So it's it's tough. It's very very tough. But I think I think Paul Dano's safe here in the four. I think I think Paul Dano's yeah. here. And then the five slot is like a lot of these races. It comes down to the the five slot. And I think there's a few good choices here. 
my pick is going to have to be Eddie Redmayne because he has SAG, BAFTA, and Globe. It's just really hard to deny. He's racked up too many nominations. That, you know, it's people don't like Eddie Redmayne. Film Twitter really hates Eddie Redmayne. I like Eddie Redmayne in Theory of Everything, which you won Oscar for before. I've not seen The Danish Girl, so I have no thoughts on that film. I know that's one that a lot of people don't like. But he was nominated for an Oscar there. This would be his third Oscar nomination, I believe. And I just, I think it happens. His performance in The Good Nurse is good. Everyone shares the one clip of him just screaming, like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. That <laughs> that's, scene, the on- that's the only thing I've seen from that movie. And I was like, ah, yeah, the Academy would love that. Sure, why not? The thing is, though, his performance is really good. And that scene is the most like uncharacteristic kind of thing like for his character in the movie his character it's a really like subtle performance and it it's one of his better performances like i will give him credit it's a pretty good performance in a not so like amazing movie like the movie's i think the movie's fine but it's not anything that's going to blow you away you know but his performance is good he's undoubtedly creepy but he doesn't feel like you know, a stereotypical bad guy. He, you know, it's it's just, I don't know. It's a good performance. So I think he, I think he gets, he gets here. I just, I don't think there's anyone else I can predict in the five because he has so much, but I think it's a little unlikely that SAG goes five for five here. And so like I'm predicting the five Screen Actors Guild nominations, but I think that there could be a surprise. There, there could be a surprise. Um, the surprises that I think are most likely are Brad Pitt for Babylon and Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. I think either of those could slide in here. They both have Critics' Choice. Or, or no, sorry, Brian Tyree Henry has Critics' Choice. Uh, Brad Pitt has a Golden Globe. So they could maybe sneak in there, but I'd be a I big fan of either of those things happening. Like This one, I'm not super passionate about any of these people outside of like the top three like i like paul dano as like an actor overall so i would like to see him get nominated even though i feel like he should have been nominated maybe a couple times before this point in his career Mm -hmm. this would kind of be like a yeah you're overdue here's your oscar nomination that you've been needing for a while i agree but like personal pick like brian tyree henry i think he has like one of the better performances in a supporting role this year but this can go a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of the top three. The bottom two slots are very interchangeable between probably those four. Mm-hmm. Another category that's you know really up in the air, kind of don't know what's going to happen in those bottom slots, would be Best Supporting Actress. Who are your, who are your five for Best Supporting Actress? I, I think we probably have the same five, but go ahead and, and hit me with it. Um, Angela Bassett is a clear number one, which yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, that's another one that I'm going back to look at. She was not in. I don't think she was in either of our fives in December. No, she was not in mine. Completely off the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she is clear number one. I think she's probably going to win. So, yeah. Um, I have Carrie Condon too. I think she's probably my favorite performance out of this category, but. She's picked up nominations pretty much everywhere, so I feel like she's a lock to get nominated. I don't think she has too much of a chance to win, unless Banshees of Inisherin has like some crazy surge and like everybody starts winning. But I don't doubt I doubt that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
out of sheer confusion, like, I'm going to put Hong Chao at three. I think she's pretty safe at this point. I have some confidence there. And then out of just sheer confusion of, I think, one of the two Everything Everywhere All at Once um, supporting actresses are missing, but I don't know which one. And I think it would be cool if they both get in, but, like, I just don't see that happening. But I'm putting Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu in. I'm just putting them both in out of just, I think one of them is going to miss and I don't know which one it is. Yep. I have the exact same five in the same order. Like I, Angela Bassett, one, Gary Condon, two, Hong Chow, three, Stephanie Sue, four, Jamie Lee Curtis, five. Don't know which one of those two is going to get snubbed, but I think one of but them like is. You're gonna, like you're about to say it, but like Dolly De Leon is going to come wreck this party somehow, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't know who she's taking out. Dolly De Leon or Carrie Mulligan. Either one of them have a shot to come in here and, and mess some stuff up. Uh, they both. I think Carrie Mulligan really could. They both. I think she really. They could. both have BAFTA and Globe nominations, so they have. Also, hold up. Remember that one year where Lakeith Stanfield was like so clearly like the leading actor mm-hmm. in in what's it? Why am I blanking on the yeah, name it was of the, the movie? It was Judas and the Black Messiah. That was the 2021 Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, like, clearly, like, the leading actor and was, like, campaigned in leading actor. And, like, people thought he was going to get nominated in leading actor. Yep, and then he was nominated in supporting. And then they put him in supporting. Yep. I think everybody would collectively freak out. What if Michelle Williams just shows up here? That's something that people are talking about. I think it's really unlikely. We've we've disputed it all, like, like, award season of, like, they're campaigning her in lead because Spielberg's like, ah, she's like the leading performance. Rah, 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 rah. Like, that's just like what they wanted to do because like, that's what they like think the movie is, is that she's like one of the leads. But like, Gabriel LaBelle is like the lead of that movie, like obviously. And like, if she was like campaign supporting, like, I feel like she'd like probably be like winning over Angela Bassett. I agree. I don't see her popping up. Does the Academy? I just don't. I'm just putting it out into the airspace. I know. It is, it, it that is I, something that, that could happen. It's, I don't it's, think it it's does. It's in the back of my mind. Uh, yeah. I don't think it does either. Because I think the whole Lakia Stanfield thing was just so weird. And people were like, what the heck were you doing? And now the Oscars are like, ah, we're not going to do that again. But it's just been sitting in the back of my mind. Because like, you look at Gold Derby and you look at Supporting Actress. And if you scroll down to, like, I think she was at like 15 at one point when I was looking. Her name's just there. And I'm just like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah, there, there are people holding out hope that maybe she appears here because the, the alternative for a lot of people is, you know, she could be snubbed. And so it's like her easiest entry point is supporting. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think I it's interesting. I'm predicting the SAG vibe here, right? So yeah. it, again, it's kind of silly to predict the SAG five like we're doing in supporting because i think there's going to be one of them is going to miss but i'm not confident yeah. enough to like i don't want to pick the wrong one <laughs> and then you know i've missed you know it's just because you're trying because you're trying to pick the person that's going to jump in and then it's hard to predict the and then it's equally as hard to predict the person that's going to fall out yes so it's like i if i predict five of them i can get four out of five potentially and i'm okay with that you know yeah i'm just playing the odds as best i can I think Hong Chao is also vulnerable. She received SAG, but she's received nothing else. I do think, though, she's carried a little bit by the whale 
in Adapted and Brendan Fraser. I think that those yeah. both help her case a lot. And because I'm predicting her here, that will influence a best my best picture pick, get putting the whale in. Spoiler alert here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh best actor, I think, is really like we have our four, and then it's our fifth slot is the interesting one. So got Brendan Fraser at one, Austin Butler at two, Colin Farrell at three, and Bill Nye at four. Uh do you agree with those four in that order? Or do you have a different order? Um same four swap Farrell and Butler. That makes sense. Yep, I see that. I it's interesting. Butler and Farrell have the exact same resume. They, you know, have SAG, BAFTA, a Golden Globe win, and Critics' Choice nomination. So it's, you know, they have the exact same resume, so you can flip them in whatever order you want. Frazier's got... Yeah, it's kind of just... It's, Frazier's I'm got, just kind of going on yeah, vibes. Frazier's got the same <laughs> nominations, winning Critics' Choice. And then Bill Nye also has those same nominations. So our top four were all nominated in those four big precursors. So that's happening. And then your five slot kind of comes down to Tom Cruise, who is nominated for Critics' Choice. Paul Mescal, who was nominated for BAFTA and Critics' Choice, and Adam Sandler, who was nominated for SAG for some reason. So, <laughs> yeah, the Sandman. <laughs> so you, you pick one of them in your five slot, and then hope you're right. Who are you picking in your five slot? Um, I think you're going to double down on this because I know you just watched this movie for the first time last night and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going with Paul Mescal. I've just heard too many good things and about his performance. And as much as I think Top Gun is definitely a lock for Best Picture and is a front runner in all these other categories, and I mean it's it's tough because I feel like you mentioned Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is not in this conversation. It is mm-hmm. a two horse race between Mescal getting in for like just like the validity of his performance being as good as it is, or Tom Cruise getting in because he's riding the coattails of a Best Picture nominee mm-hmm. and he's been nominated at the oscars before like it's kind of like picking like where you land on like those two different like like ways of thinking of like who's gonna get this last Mm -hmm. slot and i feel like these other like it's tough because it's it's like so tough because after sun is just so absent outside of maybe this one nomination for paul mescal because like even like Bill Nye, it's just like oh, like Bill Nye's not like Living's not a Best Picture winner or something like that. We're both predicting it in adapted screenplay. Yeah, like it's still here in a way, and Top Gun isn't just here; it's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. We think it's winning awards, but it's just like you're gonna watch Top Gun and like th- you can think it's a Best Picture winner and it brings out emotions and like. The writing is good enough and it connects to the original and it has all the technical achievement and everything. Mm-hmm. But like you're going to watch Top Gun Maverick and be like, yes, Tom Cruise is one of the five best actors this year. Like he killed that. He was mm-hmm. like incredible. Tom Cruise is serviceable. He's he's great for what the movie wants to do. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen After Sun and I could bet my entire life that Paul Mescal is acting circles around Tom Cruise yes. and Top Gun Maverick. He, yes, he is. <laughs> he it, it's a different it's a very different performance. Like it's I can say subtle, it with so much yeah. confidence. Yeah. It the only thing I've seen of After Sun is like the two minute trailer. Yeah. It's and that was enough. I was like cool. He he's cool. great. It you, you make a good point. Paul Mescal is or, or After Sun is nowhere to be seen anywhere else in our predictions, but 
and after son also received similar treatment at the baftas it, it was pretty absent everywhere at the baftas but paul mescal still got in at the baftas even though they didn't love after son which was a movie that it seemed like they were going to love and they didn't but they still put in paul mescal and because he got the bafta nomination i feel most confident in putting him in here uh that's my same thinking is that like the exact same thing to where if he was able to overcome his movie being nowhere and him still getting in there, mm-hmm. then it gives me like a little bit of confidence that he can do the same thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Mescal and Cruz both have Critics Choice nominations, but Mescal also has BAFTA. So I'm a little bit more confident in Mescal. So I'm going to put Paul Mescal for After Sun in my five slot. But I do think Tom Cruise is the other option here. If there's anyone else in this five that appears on Tuesday morning, besides Paul Mescal or Tom Cruise, I will probably lose my mind. It will be very shocking because who are you putting in? It, it, you, not putting in Adam Sandler, even though he has the SAG nomination. Daniel Craig has a Golden Globe nomination. Not doing that. You're not going to do Hugh Jackman. Probably not Diego Calva. Tom Hanks, a man called Otto. Rafe Fines for the menu has a Golden Globe nomination. Maybe, I don't know. Jeremy Pope's got a Golden Globe, but like I don't know, man. It's just it's so hard to see anyone else getting in there that I will be shocked, shocked if there's anyone else in that five slot. I mean, Jeremy Pope didn't he pick up? He has one award for the inspection. He has some nomination, right? He has a nomination for at the Globes. He received a Globes nomination. Yeah, but also the Globes. Gold Derby has him at seven right now. The the Globes. The thing is, is the Globes nominate 10 people because they do comedy and drama. So it's hard to like weigh that because everyone's got a Globe. Adam Driver's got a Globe nomination. Jeremy Pope's got a Globe nomination. Ray Fiennes got a Globe nomination. Calva's got a Globe nomination. Hugh Jackman's got a Globe nomination. Daniel Craig's got a Globe nomination. They all got got Globe nominations, except for the two that we're predicting. Tom Cruise and Paul Mescal. (laughs) They don't have Globe nominations. (laughs) So I, I I don't care about the Globe. I don't think the Globes matter as much. I think the the Critics' Choice is more important, and they both have Critics' Choice nominations, so it's between the two of them, in my mind. Yeah, I agree. All right. The really fun one. The, the, the very interesting one. The one that's hard to predict. Best Actress. Give me your five for Best Actress, Joe, and I think they're the exact same five as me and the exact same five as SAG, but go ahead and hit them. Michelle Yeoh, Kate Blanchett, Danielle Dudweiler, Ana de Armas, and Viola Davis. Yep, I have a different order, but yeah, I got Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, Danielle Dudweiler, Viola Davis, Ana de Armas. Those were the SAG five. They all have SAG. They all have BAFTA, and then there's some other awards that are kind of you know distributed a little bit differently. But Blanchett, Yeoh, and Davis all have SAG, BAFTA, Globe, and Critics' Choice. They all have all four precursor awards. So it's hard to deny any of them three the nomination. And then Deadweiler's got Critics' Choice, and Ana de Armas has Globes. So it's like, you gotta put them in, I guess. You know, Michelle Williams missed BAFTA. Michelle Williams missed SAG. It's hard to predict her here. Same thing with Margot Robbie. Missed BAFTA, missed SAG. And so when it comes down to it, 
do I think Saga goes five for five? It's you know the same thing we talked about in all the other categories. I don't think SAG goes five for five, but I don't know who they put in between Michelle Williams and Margot Robbie, and I don't know who they take out. So those are the five I got to go with, which is, it's very weird that we're predicting. On the Armist is probably the weirdest one we're predicting because people hate that movie. People hate Blonde. How amazing is it? That Anna de Armas has been nominated at SAG, BAFTA, and Globes when her movie has been pretty much universally hated. That's insane. I don't know if that's ever happened before. It seems like people just don't care. Yeah. And that her performance is so good that they don't care. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I I I'm okay with her getting an, an Oscar nomination. That's fun. Way to go, Anna. Like that's that's yeah, great. Sure, why not? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know even where to predict the upset here. I think there will be. I think I don't think these are our five, but I don't know who's out. I, I think it could very equally be Deadweiler, Donna de Armas, or even Viola Davis, even though she has all four precursors. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they they've been known to snub like they snubbed Amy Adams for a rival. She had all four precursors mm-hmm. and they were like, mm, no. I don't think Viola Davis is as good as like that, that whole fiasco. We'll probably do a retrospective of that year. Amy Adams should have won. Um, but whatever. I digress. This one, this category, like Best Actress, probably the one I'm most interested to like just see play out in like them live, like reading out the nominations like one at a time to like piece together like who's there, who isn't, and then like react to it. I think it's going to be like the most fun. Yeah, and this is also the category that's going to be the most interesting to look at as we approach the Oscars too, right? Once we have our five on Tuesday, it's going to be, all right, is it Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh? And right now it's, to me, kind of looking like Kate Blanchett because she's she's got a globe, but so does Michelle Yeoh, but she won Critics' Choice, you know? So that that's pretty huge. But also her speech kind of sucked, so I don't know. Very Yeah, when it gets to Tuesday... In terms of Tuesday, it's very interesting to see the, what happens with the other three, and then moving forward, it's going to be what happens with the top two. And then so if anything else category. can have a late surge, too, because that's, that's the thing with all these. We have our ones for most of these, and the only one that I think is truly safe out of these acting categories is, is Kiwi Kwan. He's the only, the only one that's truly safe here. All the others, there's so much room for who wins in the category that I just don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Actresses, yeah, actress is going to be super, super interesting Tuesday morning to see who see who gets in. Let's talk about uh, best director. Uh, best director. Uh, why don't you hit hit me with your your five for best director? We're almost done. Best director is where I have probably the biggest swing of my entire nominations, and I think it's just because <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like they're going to do something like just really weird. At some point, and this is when, like, like all of the other nominations, it's like, ah, I'm going to, like, predict the safe things because I don't know who's going to, like, be left out and who's going to be put in. This time, I kind of just did it where mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of dudes in this category and women talking is dead and the Women King is picking up other nominations and Gina Prince-Bythewood has picked up other nominations and I don't know, I was sitting here going through my nominations a couple days ago and I was just kind of feeling it so I did it but 
starting from the top, Daniels, I think, is winning. I think they've pulled away, and I think the movie's winning, and I think they're going along for the ride. It's going to be fun. I If the hype for that movie dies down at some point in the next month, I'm going to be so devastated. Spielberg is getting nominated. Not even making the BAFTA long list will not stop him. He is Steven Spielberg. People need to calm down. Mark <laughs> McDonough, safe. Banshees of Anishin rules. It's my number two for best picture. He's right there. And then Todd Field has shown up all over the place for Tar and director. Mm-hmm. Like very much like he like wrote the screenplay. He directed it. It's like his vision. He like wrote that whole thing for Kate Blanchett and like made the movie for her. Like that's happening. And then yeah, Gina Prince Bythewood at the five. Do it. Okay. <laughs> you haven't even seen The Woman King. That's so crazy to me. Okay. I'm just uh, going. Okay. Going that's, with gut. That is a very wild, a wild pick. But in my in my December predictions, I I put her at my six. I said I could see it happening. And the only reason I didn't put her in is because I had Sarah Polly getting in. So I mean, I I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I remember whenever I, I said Gina Prince Bythewood was like my outside looking in almost my five. And I had her there over Damien Chazelle. You were like livid. <laughs> you were you were so upset at the time. But that was obviously like before. Like a lot of stuff has changed now. I I'm with I mean, you. Yeah. Like if it were like if it were up to me, like hmm, where would I put Damien Chazelle on this list? <laughs> He'd probably be like two. Yeah, I know. I know he would be for you. A hundred percent. Yeah, it makes sense. Like yeah. My so my five. All right. So I've got Daniels winning at one. And I've got Mark McDonough at two. They are the only of the of the candidates here. They are the only two to be nominated everywhere. They were nominated DGA, BAFTA, Golden Globes, and Critics' Choice. And then the Daniels won Critics' Choice, so I've got them at one. And I got Todd Field at three. They got DGA, BAFTA, Critics' Choice. So I got Todd Field at three. Then I got Spielberg at four. I think Spielberg's still in and safe. But Spielberg is also the one that I think is kind of the most snubbable out of these four, because I could just see I could just see a world where they snub Spielberg. I don't think they should, and I don't think they will. But I could see a, a small possibility of that happening, um, just because Spielberg missed BAFTA. But I don't. I think that's just a BAFTA thing. BAFTA not liking Fablemans. The Academy's gonna like Fablemans. It's too just didn't rating. rock with the movie. I'm not worried about the Fablemans. And then in my fifth slot, uh, out of the five DGA nominations, it should be Joseph Kaczynski. But I'm not predicting Joseph Kaczynski here just because he got a DGA nomination. So I'm going to predict my swing for the fences is Edward Berger for All Quiet on the Western Front. And here's my thinking. Best international feature film and the fifth slot and director have a very strong, strong correlation. Last year, Drive My Car, Ryazuki Hamagachi, got in. Uh, you look at Parasite, Wong Joon-ho, won it. Yeah, another round in. Like, it's just, that's kind of been the trend recently, where you're seeing that happen. So, I feel like, because we have a clear... Uh, international feature film winner in All Quiet, and because All Quiet is picking up these texts that I'm predicting, and because I'm predicting it in Best Picture, 
I'm also putting in Edward Berger. I feel like if you're predicting Gina Prince Bythewoods, you kind of also need to be predicting it in Best Picture. I think it's kind of crazy to put put her in in director and not be putting it in picture for it to not win any other key awards because like and I think I think Edward Berger is even safe here even if it's not in picture because he's got Best International Feature kind of locked up. So I just I feel very confident and Edward Berger being higher than Gina Prince-Bythewood. They did both receive BAFTA nominations. Um, Gina Prince-Bythewood being nominated there over Charlotte Wells was very, very, very crazy and interesting and weird. Like, I just, it definitely does make her case strong. And and she was nominated at Critics' Choice, but literally everybody was nominated at Critics' Choice because they nominated 10. So it's, I don't know. I, was Edward Berger nominated a Critics' Choice? No, no international directors were. Park Chan Wook and Edward Berger were not. Uh, I guess SS Rajamuli was for RRR, but that's not a contender mm. here. So mm. they they only nominated one. It's Critics' Choice. They're not going to nominate multiple or even like like I'm surprised they even nominated one. So it's Edward Berger's only got BAFTA, but I think because if we're looking at the history of nominations. And it's just, I feel like it feels like a drive my car thing. I don't know. It just kind of does. Like last year, that happened and it made sense. And I think it's going to happen again. So I'm going to put in Edward Berger in at my five slot. But I think that the five slot's the interesting one that, you know, we'll see tomorrow. I think Sarah Polly might not totally be out, like could still maybe slip in. I think James Cameron has a really good shot of appearing here. I think like, there's a, a very good chance that he's still in this conversation. And then, unfortunately, I think there is the small chance that Boz Lerman <laughs> shows, shows up here because he does have Globe and Critics' Choice. So, I feel like James Cameron's pretty dead, honestly. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it is either. That's why I'm not predicting it. But James, if James we're Cameron predicting this year's James Cameron's got that like Villeneuve vibe. It's just like, yeah, your movie's like a technical achievement, but like, nah, bro. The thing is, is he doesn't have the Villeneuve vibe, though, because... Villeneuve, everybody thought was a lock. <laughs> Cameron were doubting. So that's where it's not totally the same, but I could see it being a similar scenario where he's not not in the conversation, which is why I'm not going to predict saying they're both. I'm saying they're both not getting nominated. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. So that's my my thought. If, if Cameron would have gone in at BAFTA or DGA, would be more confident in predicting him, but I just don't yeah. think it's happening. So that leads us to the big one, and this is where we'll end our episode. Best picture. There's 10 slots in best picture. And I think eight of them are pretty locked up. I think base, unless something crazy happens, I don't think the top eight are changing. I think nine and 10 are where things get weird. But I think we even are going to have a different top eight and a different nine and 10. So I'm interested to kind of see where we go. So maybe we go down, down the line together. Like we'll go kind of back and forth. So what is your one? best picture i'm assuming it's the same everything i roll okay yeah so both of us have everything i roll at once at our one what do you have at two i'm making sure my i'm making sure my order's correct oh okay yeah i forgot that you (laughs) you didn't really have them ordered um banishes of initiation is two correct yep that's my two as well so far you're passing correct yep correct (laughs) what Um, what do you have at three i think three is pretty straightforward but i could also see i could see you changing things around here I am putting Top Gun. Oh, okay. Well, I have Fablemans at three. I did have Fablemans at three, and then I just changed it because I'm crazy. 
I can't put Top Gun at three without Tom Cruise being nominated. If Tom Cruise is nominated, like like Top Gun is really, I think, yeah, it's three. But because Fablemans, I've got you, Paul Dano coming for it. I I'm more confident in Fablemans. You got Paul Dano what? Like being nominated, and then <laughs> four. I've got Top Gun Maverick. I'm assuming you have Fablemans at I four. I have Fablemans. Okay, so we just have those swapped. Five. What do you have at five? Elvis. Okay, I've got Tar at five because I've got it getting Tar could be stronger. I've got it it's getting director and stuff. Director and then you know some other key awards. It's got you know director. Now let screenplay. me tell you. Let me tell you. You be making sense. Yeah. So I think I, Tar is really clearly five, and then Elvis is six. So right there, right behind it. Tar shouldn't be five. Tar's boring. I'll continue going on the record saying this. I haven't seen it. I can't wait till I see it, and then I, there's a good chance that I love it, which will be very interesting. You're, I think you're going to give it like five stars. <laughs> there's a chance. It seems like my kind of movie, so I just haven't had the chance to see it yet. All right, Tar 5, Elvis 6. What do you have at 7? Um, The Whale. Let's go. Okay, yep, that's what I got. The Whale at 7. Makes too much sense. We've got it winning um, adapted screenplay. We've got it winning actor, and then we've got it winning hair and makeup. It's and then we have it getting nominated for Hong Chao. Like there is no way it is not in Best Picture if it's picking up those nominations. The only way that you don't have it in picture is if you have it missing Hong Chao completely. You have her getting snubbed, and then you have it not winning screenplay. Then you could make it miss, and I think even then you would still need to be predicting Butler Farrell. Like you got to have it not doing well. Yeah. So, The Whale 7. And then what do you have at 8? Avatar. Okay. I, I figured that's where you'd go. I have All Quiet on the Western Front, but I think that's purely because, like, if I'm predicting it in director, I've got a favorite over Avatar. You know, I, I have it getting more stuff than you do. So that makes sense. But then Avatar's my 9. So I, I have Avatar right there with you. And then I have All Quiet at 9. Okay. So we have the exact same top 9, just kind of flipping them every now and then but it makes sense based on some of our other predictions and then i'm gonna assume that you have Babel on at 10 i do 10 is the hard one i think i think we have our top nine i i think i'm i'm very confident in the top eight on my list i'm not as confident in avatar at nine i think that it is still strong enough that it's there it it did get a pga nomination so i i do feel okay with it being there but glass onion and black panther also got pga nominations so it's like how confident can i be in that you know the babylon is interesting because it has sag ensemble golden globe and critics choice so it seems like a strong a strong competitor there women talking also i think the strength of also has sag ensemble i think the strength of babylon i mean like just looking at my predictions i have it getting nominated for four i have it as like the clear front runner in two sag ensemble shows and i mean also just like our other predictions like we think it's pretty strong in all of the acting categories even though we aren't predicting any nominations Mm -hmm. like if brad pitt and margot robbie showed up on tuesday we would be kind of surprised but we wouldn't be like completely stunned yeah it's hard to predict anything else at 10 based on other nominations that we're handing out 
I would say it's like I can't I can't put in Glass Onion. I can't put in Black Panther. I can't put in Women Talking. You know, and so that kind of leaves Babylon. I don't feel confident in Babylon being nominated here, but I don't either. There's nothing else that feels right. I will say though, if Carrie Mulligan gets nominated for She Said, that could be interesting because it will have screenplay and supporting, which is what Coda had. You know, like it's not that's not an out of this world package. I still think Babylon's stronger, but there is like a world where maybe that's enough if they really, really like it. I don't think there's enough. Yeah, I don't like hype there, but I could see it because it does have that code up. I don't. I don't remember if I said this before we started recording or somewhere earlier in this recording. I mean, we've been going for almost two hours at this point. I forget half the stuff I've said at this point. <laughs> in my mind, Babylon's like this year's Nightmare Alley, where it's like just in technical categories and like is pretty strong in like a good amount of them too. And then if you look like a nightmare alley, like Bradley Cooper was like right on the outside looking at a factor mm-hmm. and then like just missed and like some people like could even like call that a snub. And then like, yes, best actress is like really strong this year, but like any other year, like Margot Robbie would be like a slam dunk. It's just this year's like strong and has a lot of people can like in contention for it. Yeah. And then like, the movie just didn't do as well. And like, that was like a similar thing with Nightmare Alley. It's like Nightmare Alley was like big director doing like this thing. That's like a technical achievement, like, Oh, like kind of like an ensemble type cast. And then like, didn't land any acting nominations, got a bunch of technical stuff. The director didn't get in. The movie still got best picture. Yeah, I agree. It, It does kind of feel like Nightmare Alley. And so that's where I think it, it could still get in with the technical package. So, I mean, that's why I'm predicting it. I've got it at 10 and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very interesting on Tuesday morning. But I think, I I think our predictions are good. We have very similar predictions across the board. Um, We've seen a lot of the same movies. We're pretty similar people. So we, we are in agreement on a lot of things. Um, I mean, yeah, it also gets to the point, like late enough in the season, like the time we're recording this, it's Saturday. So we've got three days until nominations like mm-hmm. stuff kind of clears up to where it's like yeah this is what you like should be predicting like if you're predicting something else like you haven't been paying attention to what's going on so yeah and it's some of them feel like we're both boring. we're both in the loop some of them feel like boring predictions because <laughs> yeah. i'm predicting the sag five in three of the acting categories and then the sag five minus adam sandler in best actor you know it's like I think they feel like boring predictions, but my goal is to get them right, you know. And yeah, something we're gonna do, we'll do, we'll do an episode here, probably before the Oscars, where we're gonna have our own little award ceremony, where we're gonna pick our our personal picks of the year, our favorite in each of these categories, and kind of discuss. Yeah, it's gonna those. go nuts, and that'll that'll be fun because a lot of the names we're talking about here will not be there, you know. I am pretty confident that best actress the only name who's gonna repeat is michelle yo you know like there's a good chance that you know it's totally different lineups so that'll be fun we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna kind of start planning that out but in terms of what's coming up right we've got nominations on tuesday we will end up reacting to those pretty briefly seeing what our thoughts are there 
And then we've got SAG coming up after that, BAFTA coming up after that, a lot of the Guild Awards. And so then we'll start kind of doing our predictions for who's going to win the Oscar. Um, maybe some specific movies. If there's any surprises in Best Picture, we'll, you know, we might watch those and, you know, do, do a little short little episode, some, some reviews leading up to the Oscars. Don't know exactly what we're going to do, but it's coming. I mean, yeah, there's like a decent amount of stuff like we haven't seen to where like, like you just watched After Sound last night. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch it with you, but shout out Teleparty for just not cooperating. Yeah. Um, but like neither of us have seen Living with Bill Nye. Correct. Yep. Like he's like solidly in the top in the top five, like 100% going to be nominated. Mm-hmm. And well, not 100%, but like a pre- 100%. 95%. Be I, I will call it 100%. I'm, we're both pretty confident. We haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Like women talking, like everybody was talking, like everybody was talking about it all the time. And it was like going to be in best picture. Sarah Polly was like big in director. Like I think we both predicted her in December. Mm-hmm. We still have it being in screenplay, but everybody's talking yeah. about this movie like tanking. Like it just hasn't really had like its wide release yet. We haven't seen the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. It so just like had that kind of yet, stuff yeah. is like things that we're going to like be like seeking out to watch mm-hmm. in the next month for sure. Yeah, And I'm, I'm going to, I still haven't seen tar tar is the only of my predicted best picture nominees that I haven't seen. So that's one that I need to see. And then if there's any other surprises I've seen that I haven't best seen. picture nominees. Well, hopefully. This might be like the first year in a long time, and it's probably like thanks to this podcast, that I'm seen all assuming that this is the lineup. Mm-hmm. I've like seen all the best picture nominees like already. Normally I'm like catching up in like the months after the like Oscars happen. Well, and, and you've seen all the other options. Like honestly, if anything subs in for Babylon, you've seen it. The only thing that you Except haven't for like seen, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, it would be Triangle of Sadness, which we didn't even really talk about. And Triangle of Sadness—that's like another has, like it's, really it's viable 11. option. It—I I totally didn't think about that till just now. But yeah, Triangle Sadness has its path to the end because if it picks up pretty strong, Dolly De Leon, original screenplay, if it gets Dolly De Leon. It's there. It's stronger than she said. Like I said earlier, she said with supporting screenplay, uh, Triangle Sadness is even stronger. If if it picks yeah. up, if Do- if they are running through and they nominate Dolly De Leon. I might in that moment be like, oh, Triangle of Sadness gets picture. Like that would be my suspicion. Yeah. If it picks up both screenplay and supporting actress. If that happens, I expect it to be in the 10. So that's another interesting one that could could appear there. And we haven't seen it yet. So that's one that I, I really want to see. It's kind of at the top of the Oscar watch list for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, these are our predictions. Uh, thank you for listening. If you listened through this whole this whole podcast episode. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday. If you're listening to this, odds are you're listening to it after nominations have been announced. So we either sound really smart or really stupid. Either way, we're excited for the Oscars coming up this year. Uh, let us know in our little Q&A section, if you're using Spotify, what is an Oscar nomination that you are looking forward to if you're listening to this on time? Because we'd like to know. But for now, we will say thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. Be sure to follow Peyton and myself on Letterboxd at jhenry24 and Peyton J. Shelton. And you can follow us on Twitter at deadfilmbro.